The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus said to the disciples, For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more, ta- five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave... Throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Beloved family of God, grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. There's an Episcopal priest named Barbara Brown Taylor who shares some wisdom on the parables uh, that I think can be instructive for us this morning. She says, how you hear a parable has a lot to do with where you are hearing it from. How you hear a parable has a lot to do with where you are hearing it from. We're often conditioned to hear parables and automatically put God in the master or father or king role. And there are times where that makes sense and where that aligns with who we know God to be. But then we hear parables like this one, where we hear the master saying things like, to all those who have more will be given and they will have an abundance, but from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. And that doesn't really sound like the God that we have come to learn about in Scripture. That doesn't really align with what we know and have heard about 
the kingdom of heaven or God's ruling activity in the world, that doesn't sound like the first will be last and the last will be first. Sounds a lot more like the first will be first and the last will be last. Which makes me wonder if this isn't a parable about how things should be, but rather if it's a parable about how things currently are. Parables are are certainly complex and layered stories, and this parable is sandwiched in the middle of two others. Pastor Aaron gave such an insightful sermon last week about the first parable, the wise and foolish bridesmaids. And this picks up right where we left off last week. And, And I want us to pay attention to the words that Jesus uses, because I think they can be clues, they can be helpful for us when we dig around in these parables to try to find some meaning for us and for our lives. He starts last week's parable with the kingdom of heaven, or God's ruling activity will be like, and he goes on to tell the parable. And then he ends with, keep awake therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And then he moves right into this parable without saying anything about the kingdom of heaven. So as Matthew's audience is hearing this, Jesus says, Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. For it is as if a man going on a journey, and he continues on with this parable for today. We're used to thinking of these as two separate parables. And the preaching lectionary and our Bibles that divide it out into nice paragraphs with headings and things like that maybe don't help us see them fitting together in the way that they do. We're used to seeing these as two separate parables when Jesus links them together with that command to keep awake. There's a New Testament scholar named William Herzig, Herzog, rather, who invites us into a, a different set of questions about this parable. He invites us into questions like, what if the parables of Jesus are meant to be theological and moral, but what if they're also meant to be political and economic? I wonder what happens if we resist the temptation to put God in the place of the master, as we so commonly do. But I wonder if we put God maybe in a different spot. And we let the master of the story be who exactly, exactly who Jesus says he is. He's a wealthy landowner who puts his servants in charge of the modern equivalent of millions of dollars. And they're given no instruction on what to do. Right? The master gives them the talents and then he leaves. But the political and economic system of the day would make it so they don't need any instruction on what to do. The economic and political systems of the day says take whatever money you have and beg, buy, and steal to get more. It's a first century form of venture capital, we can say. Here's some money, now go make more. Turning a profit like this in these days means exploiting others, means skimming off the top of our duties, means doing things that were rather immoral for the ways that we think of now, but would have been 
no big deal back then. Right? They don't have stock markets or hedge funds to invest their money in. They don't have this uh, massive financial system in which they can invest this money. They just have good old-fashioned neighborly exploitation. <laughs> right? There are those with less power and resources, and so we just go and take what's theirs. The people who were hearing these parables would have dealt with this exploitation from what they would have called overseers. They deal with that every day of their lives. How we hear a parable has a lot to do with where we are hearing it from. The master returns and sees how much the first two slaves have gained and is so impressed. Well done, good and trustworthy slaves. You knew exactly what to do, and I've taught you well. They've added millions to their coffers. But what about the third servant? The third servant is actually pretty piercing in his honesty with the master. I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you did not scatter seed which is exactly how a landowner operated in Jesus' day. He stole land and produce from poor farmers without doing any of the work himself. You can almost hear the sarcasm in the master's voice when he responds, Oh, you knew, did you? <laughs> you knew, did you, that I scatter where I did not sow, that I gather where I did not scatter? You knew you're so smart. Well, you're fired gives him this whole speech. The third servant refused to play along with the systems of power in place, and because of that, he is subjected to being stripped of everything he has and thrown into the outer darkness with those who own no land and have been disinherited from their very lives. And here's why I say it might be interesting if we stopped reading Jesus into the master characters, because then it opens us up to see something a little different. The servant is bound hand and foot, thrown into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. We're nearing the end of Matthew's Gospel. And in the very next chapter, Jesus will be arrested, beaten, sentenced to death, cast outside the city walls, and crucified as darkness covers the whole land. Like the third slave, he was deemed worthless by those who wield power and influence. How we hear a parable has a lot to do with where we are hearing it from. I wonder how people would hear this parable this morning at a church in Ukraine. I wonder how people hear this parable this morning in Gaza or in Israel. I wonder how people hear this parable this morning gathered in Sudan or Mumbai. I wonder how people hear this parable when they've been disinherited from the life that they were living because the powers of exploitation and sin and death decided they needed more. I wonder where you feel you are in 
this parable. I wonder how you hear it this morning. I wonder where the Spirit may be stirring in your heart, might be stirring in our community for ways that we can respond to those looked at as having little worth within our community or throughout the world. To those who are deemed worthless. I wonder how this parable might invite us to join with them in the darkness of exclusion to bring a word of healing and light. Those who the world looks at and calls worthless are seen, loved, and gathered into the mercy and care of God. And in those dark nights of the soul, when the voices of this world, those who demand productivity and efficiency and endless work for our worth, when they make us feel worthless or like we're cast into outer darkness, this parable invites us to remember that you too are seen and loved and gathered into the mercy and care of God. Because those times when we are cast out, it is Jesus who has gone before. It is Jesus who is out there and who meets us. Jesus talked about wealth and poverty more than just about anything else in his time with his disciples except forgiveness. (laughs) So maybe when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's a prayer for God to cover everything even our economy, in His tender mercy and care. And for that day we wait and say thanks be to God. Amen.